Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. This morning... Um, this is, is week number two of our series, uh, teaching series called What's It Take? What's it take to follow Jesus? Uh, when I place my faith in Jesus, well, uh, what then? What do I do? Uh, many of us have experienced, uh, church, have church experience where there are certain to-do lists. You got to do certain things, uh, dress a certain way, uh, smell a certain way, uh, talk a certain way. We like to be told what to do so that we know if we measure up, right? I mean, there, there are some of these things that we have grown up with, many of us, that um, actually when we begin to parse the scriptures, we don't find them in there. And Jesus, following the way of Jesus, is actually quite simple in terms of the to-do list. One of the things that I know about maybe all of us, but especially our average age here is uh, much higher this morning. Thanks for joining us. Um, The average age typically on a weekend slides in at about 25 to 45. And so I know that age group. I remember being in that age group. And I know that success is a target we're all trying to hit. We want to be successful. Whether or not we're actually living it out or not doesn't really matter because in in a heart of hearts, we want to know if we're winning and we want to know if we're successful. So, within organizations, and, uh, there are always rules and regulations and policies and procedures that give guidance and direction to, uh, to how we live together, how we work together, how we grow together. And the local church is really no exception. So depending on your, um, on your history with organized uh, religion, you may, as um, our friend Tyler talked about last week, you may have grown up in a setting in a church where you were christened as a baby. That is one way of coming, uh, of being baptized, is being sort of christened as a baby. Or maybe you've been taught a believer's baptism, which is where we land. We believe that the example that Jesus has given us is for believer's baptism. This means that we commit our lives to the rulership of Jesus. We surrender our lives to Jesus. We say yes to him. And then on June 4th this year, we'll have the opportunity to, in front of family and friends, say, hey, here's Here's what I believe. Here's what's true about my walk with Jesus. And we then experience baptism. So the baptism last week, that was the first, what's it take? So this morning, what's it take to follow Jesus? Where are we headed this morning? Today I want to talk to you about service. Service to others in and out of the church like, maybe you're familiar with that. Maybe you're a 
volunteer fanatic, like you love to volunteer for different organizations. Maybe you have a motive that is out of a place of like, I just want to be there for people. I just want to serve people. I believe that that's what I'm called to do. And maybe this morning you are doing that out of compulsion. Maybe it's because, well, I guess I got to serve. Maybe you do it with intentions that um, are simply, I just want to check that box. I just want to know that I'm good enough. I just want to know that I'm hitting the mark. And so, well, I got to serve at least a little bit. But then the question becomes, what does it, um, what does it mean to actually, how do I go about serving others? How do I give my talent, my treasure, my time? How do I do that with joy and sacrifice? And by the way, how many good deeds are necessary? How much do I have to do? It reminded me of the, uh, what did they call it? The Boy Scouts have this thing. And they have to do a certain amount of uh, good deeds. I guess we'll just call it that. They have to do a certain amount of good deeds in order to get that medal, right? Well, you know, sometimes that's what, that's the place it starts, when we start young and we start doing good deeds, it is to bring us to a life that is filled with good deeds, that we begin to serve at a very young age. And parents, that's one of the things that you could really move your, people, your kids into is this idea that together as a family and individually, we serve those around us. Well, Jesus gives us some, gives us some instructions along these lines. And I want to read this passage of scripture, which um, we find in John chapter 13. It is just before the Passover celebration. Jesus is not, um, Jesus is not confused about his future. Jesus knows what's ahead of him. And he knows that he's about to be betrayed by one of his closest followers. And yet here he is in the upper room. And we start in verse 4. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but... Someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, he said, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I, am, I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. 
I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. All right, there it is. Do as I have done to you. Here's the example. Chris, you don't know about this, but I want you to come up here for a second. I'm putting him on the spot. It'll be more than a second. So what I want to show you this morning is like this experience. Like, I don't know. Did you grow up in a church? You can take your shoes off. Did you grow up in a church where your feet were washed during communion? Some of us did. Some of us grew up with the experience of every time communion happened, we would wash someone's feet. What Jesus is showing us here is that there is some there are some tangible ways to wash each other's feet. We don't do this. <laughs> you have different socks? Like you didn't match your socks this morning? <laughs> so here's the thing. We don't typically wash each other's feet. We do other things to serve each other. What we have to understand is that Jesus, he took a basin and he poured some water in it. And like, here's Jesus, the Lord and teacher. And he assumed this position of humility and the lowest of the low in the rank of society would have been the ones that would have taken the feet of the disciples and washed them. Just before this happened, in Luke, I believe it was chapter 22, the disciples are coming into this time of celebration with Jesus, the Passover meal. And on their way in, they started arguing about who would be the greatest in heaven. It's like they were uh, jockeying for position instead of positioning themselves for service. It's that moment where Jesus says, hmm, watch this. And if you can imagine, like in Jesus' day, they, they would sit around a table and they would sit like on the floor, kind of like I am, and they'd sit around the table. Imagine the smell of those dirty feet. Like you have the aroma of food and then you have the smell of the dirty feet. And I can just imagine, like I had to, I was kind of chuckling to myself as I thought about this. Them sitting around the table, Jesus is looking around. Everybody going to, I mean, it's a secret meeting, so there's no servants around. He's looking around. He's going like, okay, you guys going to step up? Is anybody going to wash the feet? Because I am not eating with this smell. And no one did. And so he takes the towel and he, he takes the feet of the disciples. And like, I, I don't need to really wash Chris's feet. They're pretty clean. But this is not mismatched socks, but the feet are clean. But this was not the case in the day of Jesus. Filth was on their feet. And so literally taking their feet 
washing them. I imagine he like pulled the toes apart, clean between the toes. You imagine? You imagine what the disciples were thinking at that point? I mean, he gets to Simon Peter. <laughs> and we all love Peter because he's so much like us. Peter looks at him and says, no, you're the Lord, you're my teacher, you're my rabbi, you will never wash my feet. And the interesting thing is that when he says that, Jesus looks at him and says, look, if I don't wash you, you're not part of me. You're not part of me. And then Peter says, well, if you're going to wash any part of me, I need you to wash all of me. Like, not just part of me, wash all of me. And the beautiful thing is, is that Jesus could look at him and say, you can put your shoes on. And, and he could look at him and say, when you've been washed, you don't need to keep being washed entirely. You've, you've had a bath. You've been bathed in my spirit. When we're a follower of Jesus, it's not this up and down, up and down, up and down all the time. Maybe you're in, maybe you're not. Maybe you're in, oh, I'm out again because I, I sinned, I did something. You guys, when we're washed by the blood of Jesus, when he has cleansed us from all unrighteousness, we are clean. When the enemy comes to us and says, eh, dad would think so. Then you look at your life and you say, hmm, is there anything in my life that needs cleansing? Do I need my feet cleaned again? Have I walked anywhere where my feet have gone into places, where my mind has gone into places, where my actions have gone into places that I need cleansing? My feet need to be cleaned. There are times, some of us, many of us, all of us on a daily basis need to come to the Father again and say, I need to wash my feet. I need to wash my feet. I have sinned. I've fallen short. And the beautiful thing is that when we confess our sin, he is able, he is just, he deals with us kindly and he cleans us again. Thank you. Can we thank Chris? What did we learn? What did we learn from this humble servant attitude of Jesus? Well, one thing we learn is that Jesus is our Savior. The story of Jesus washing the feet of his friends is a reminder for us that we are fully washed clean when we trust in Christ. We are fully washed clean when we trust in Christ. It reminds us that Jesus calls us to a life of surrender. This life starts by acknowledging who Jesus is and our need for him. Following Jesus is marked by a, it's a daily surrender. It is a daily well, in Luke chapter 9, uh, he reminds us of taking up our cross daily. 
It doesn't mean that we walk around with, oh, my life. That's sometimes we think, yeah, I'm just bearing my cross. That's not what it's talking about. What it's talking about is that we look at our lives on, the, on, the daily, on a daily basis to say, where am I at? Constantly aware of, am I in alignment with Jesus or am I out of alignment with Jesus? And we surrender Surrender is not easy, but surrender is transformational. It transforms how we live and serve, and we are reminded in all of this that our surrendered lives are for the glory of God and the good of those around us. Thirdly, we see this as Jesus being our example. Isn't it true that in times of scarcity, in times of fear and anxiety, our flesh and the world tells us to look inward, to look out for ourselves? But Jesus has another message. He tells us to look outward, to surrender, and to serve others. Because in the economy of God, the way up is the way down. The path to greatness comes from serving others. So um, I have lived for about 22,000 days. Almost 22,000 days that I, from the time I was born to today... And by the grace of God, I hope that I have at least another 8,000. That would get me up into my 80s. Do you see the contrast here? I have lived like two-thirds of my life. Up until this week, I hadn't ever really considered how many days I have spent on this earth. I'm really grateful for these first 22,000 days. Now I'm wondering, how am I going to live the next 8,000? Like, what will I do differently the, the next 8,000 compared to the last 22,000 years? Days. I'm not that old. How about you? How about you? How many days... Have you lived? Truly lived? How many days have you said, this is the way that I can live my best life? How many days have you woken up in the morning and said, I'm killing it today. This is going to be an incredible day. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Let's see what he does with my life. So I think it bears asking a few questions, like what kind of outcomes are we hoping for? What kind of outcomes are you planning for in your life? Does the input into your life connect to the outcomes you desire? Are you, are you uh, outwardly focused, taking care of yourself? You have to take care of yourself if you're going to serve other people. But thinking and, and acting for the good of others as you also take care of yourself. And by the way, like, I just want to make sure of one thing. Like, following the rules, like, kind of the works mentality that some of us have experienced with church, like, following the rules, like, even being baptized and serving, must never be confused with a confession of faith for salvation. Like, these things are all things that are um, symbolic of our change of heart. These are just tangible ways that we exercise our faith. All of me, Peter's words, wash all of me 
All of me is literally a giving up of all of myself to the spiritual washing of Christ. It's our thoughts, it's our attitudes, it's our loves of soul, mind, and spirit. To follow Jesus is to obey his instructions. He says, if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should do the same for each other. Would you stand with me? So what's it take? What's it take? It takes all of me. It's all of me. It's all of me washed. It's all of me feet clean, heart right, eyes wide open, leaning in, in service to the world around me. The challenge this morning is that the, I already pointed to the average age in the room, is typically really young. And really young parents have zero bandwidth. Most of the time, there is very little bandwidth for anything other than huh, getting the kids up, going to work, getting them to school, getting them home, getting them into bed, fed. You feed them there somewhere. Feed them, put them to bed, and uh, hope you get you know, like five minutes with your spouse. So how do you... How do you navigate this? And this is a conversation that you need to engage in with Jesus. To say, how do I? Where do I? Is my serve this morning with my children? Yeah, I just gave you an out. You don't have to serve in church. Just kidding. We really would love for you to engage this idea of service in the church. To be connected to people, to serve together, to believe that together we can always do more than we could ever do alone. This is sort of the magic of a faith community that is engaged not just on the weekend, but we're engaged with each other during the week. We pray for each other. We know each other. We serve together. And frankly, together, if you've been here before, you've heard us say that together we can be the people that move out into this community and around the world and we bring Jesus with us. And what a difference it makes when we the people bring Jesus into every sphere of influence we have. The world changes when we individually go to where we go knowing that the Spirit of God is in us knowing that he informs us that if we listen intently to his voice, we may have a word of encouragement for the next person we meet. Let's do that. Let's do that together. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.